Okay, there we go. Welcome back to episode who knows what we're up to. What is this? Episode seven, eight, six, seven? Uh, seven? I might have skipped a few for me. It's maybe five. Up <laughs> <laughs> by one. Excellent. Today we've got um, Pat joining us from, from sunny Florida, although it's currently not sunny. Nighttime. Um, Nighttime. He's, he's at a pool party, but he's dialed in because he's committed. I love it. It's great. Committed. Craig's Craig's joining us and wanting you know he's um, cementing his membership and runtime reverie as the you know the founding partner who just got in a couple episodes late and is there forever. It's like Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll get you to contract. Call me chief engineer. <laughs> chief engineer Craig, love it. Fantastic. And your host, Armin, who does not like playing host. So I wish somebody else would be, would be great. Um, so, Craig, what, what was the first topic? Uh, something about time. Yeah, look, I was, I was spending last night, I was just watching through the uh, Twitter feed and, and watching uh, the, the, the blowback for poor DHH putting in a pull request to get rid of TypeScript out of Turbo. And... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of opinions on whether a TypeScript was of any value or not. But uh, yeah, entertaining to watch. Right. I don't know. Do you I've see that at all? The, I've been out of the Ruby ecosystem for a few years. Is well, it's not just the Ruby. Like, there's there's a bit of a movement with a few of the repos of removing TypeScript because they go, it makes the code cleaner or it looks better. Or, um, but there are some good reasons, right? Like I think Spot removed it from their repository because of uh, the speed that it took it of getting rid of a compile step to build yeah. all of that stuff. So that actually improved their delivery speeds and that sort of stuff. Hmm. Whereas I think DHH's um, opinion on this one was the code looked a lot better without TypeScript and he didn't have to make the types work. Right. Oh so I was thinking about type gymnastics and I thought, actually, if you're complaining that it TypeScript's complaining about you. That's the whole purpose of TypeScript. <laughs> Compliance to you. Like to me, it's like it's it's actually just testing, right? It's a layer of testing that sits above, letting you know what's right and wrong. And you know, I hate TypeScript, but I sort of love it. Like it's a little love-hate thing. And you go, yeah, I hate working with it because it just tells me how bad I am as a programmer sometimes. It's, and then, um it's good you know, type safety. Type safety is a good thing. And you know, everyone who doesn't like it, you know, and then tries to you know, shovel it in the back end by having some sort of schema validation thing or... Yeah. You know, like well, the approach, the approach <laughs> I were advocating was actually replacing it with JS.comments, right? For your parameters and using those JS.comments to generate it out a TypeScript definition file on the on the output. Um, but your actual code is not there. But to me, that I'm okay with that. the fun of TypeScript of like when you press dot, it tells you things, you know, when you pull down in your editor and you get the little red squiggly lines of humility that tell you you're not good at your programming. Um, you know, there's a lot to TypeScript. There's a reason it was good. I remember what it was like beforehand. I remember opposing TypeScript, thinking we're just going to do right, JavaScript. Right. And eventually you come around. Yeah. Oh, oh, what, are you okay with Pat? You're okay with um, Jay's comments? So yeah, JS doc. I think that's what Svelte um, migrated to because they there's a sort of argument that's in the uh, community of JavaScript library authors where they say like using TypeScript internally is a bit of a pain in the ass because you have to have types everywhere, but you only sort of need types for the actual interface of your library. Internally, it could be doing whatever crimes at once. So that's what they did with JS uh, doc, where they just annotate the public 
exported functions and then everything else is sort of loosey-goosey and that that's just for for them it's just the best of they get the typescripts because the users want typescripts but they don't have to fight you know making every single type absolute absolutely correct well for them it was the step taking up time right typescript as a compiler isn't the speediest thing and it does slow you yeah. down right yeah. and when your project gets really large that can be pretty annoying like you, you just want like to go bang 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 but there's a trade-off as well right and that's with any technology nothing's perfect there's always pros there's always cons it's impressive um, to me though that typescript's written in javascript and you would think like uh, some sort of compiler and javascript's not going to be that fast but it's impressive yeah. how fast it is given given that yeah. the world the world will be good there's an xmas script Pro, uh, proposal out there to actually add type systems to JavaScript natively. Um, and, and that should, like TypeScript was always supposed to be a temporary thing, right? But that's still like five years out and a long, at, at, if it, everything goes perfect. And even then, I don't think it'll go perfect, right? Not, that type, that type, because it's that proposal when I saw it, it's saying like the types are just comments, like they don't really mean anything. That sort of seems like a, a maybe not the best idea because Jason when Jason was created they chose you know it's obviously a subset of um JavaScript and they the creator chose not to add comments because he kind of knew it would become like this the comments would become this like user machine uh like for holding instructions that you know they weren't just for humans but they were for machines and then mm. they, would, they would get like really complicated and then like your comments wouldn't match work with my comments so like that's that JavaScript idea, I don't know, like all I've heard is the sort of the, the 10,000 foot view version of it, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not I, think, sure. I think that's kind of where they're at, too, right? Like it's it's a coordinating all people to try and make this thing happen is a monumental undertaking. It's hard, it's difficult, it's, I don't want to get involved in that, right? <laughs> I'll just go, I'll wait till you smart guys get that ready, and if it's ready, I'll start using it. But um, at least there's work in JavaScript space to try and make that stuff a bit, little bit more native in the yeah. meantime typescript will live and thrive the other the other thing is like the the idea of adding these types but they're kind of useless like it's going to add bloat to your bundles that are shipped to users but the types don't really do anything like yeah. it sort of seems like a bit of a weird like ideally the javascript you ship um to users browsers is as small as possible so it's sort of it seems a bit I don't know. I don't know if that's the best idea. And um, this is all legacy crap from trying to bolt something onto a language that should have had it from the start and just didn't. Right. Yeah. And and you know, it's just you're left with legacy baggage. Oh my goodness! I'm 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 impressed that JavaScript still exists from the beginning because yeah. like I remember when it was coming out and you know your Netscapes and those sort of things and you're going they'll invent something better. They'll invent something better, but yeah, we still we still got JavaScript and it's it's how resilient is that that it lasts? Good Not right? only that, there's a theory that it might be the ultimate programming language to rule them all and be everything in the future. Right. I, I doubt that there will ever be such a thing, is there? <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, it's just uh, its legacy was never put in there from the start and so it's being bolted on and because it's been bolted on it's not a first class thing it's slow it's a bit shit uh, yeah. yeah right like, spent millions of dollars um, making it fast though like the amount of stuff that they've added to all the different layers of just in time compilation and stuff like is nuts so yeah. if they didn't have that it would be quite a slow language and that's but where I feel how hard it is for pure JavaScript to deal deal with 
um, its runtime when it doesn't actually know what type things are. Exactly, and, and that's that's why this type proposal seems weird that you're going to add these types and then it's going to bloat the stuff for the users. So it's useless for users and it's not going to be used for the optimizer e either. So that you want it in the compiler. The compiler is the thing that needs to know what type things should be. Yeah. So the runtime is going to be like, hey, I think this thing might be an int. I think this thing might be an int. And it's going to have like no idea, even though it's going to be staring right in its face in the types. And it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be like, oh, I don't know what that is. Uh, well, if only I knew what the type was. Uh, hey, speaking of types, let's move on. ElixirConf, you're there now. Elixir is going to be, you know, awesome taking the world by storm. What's it like there? What's, what's Yeah, the so I have to work out how to um, get you two guys to uh, start using it because, uh, yeah, the, uh, there's uh, lots of people hiring in America for it, but there's not many people in uh, Melbourne hiring for it. I think that, that was um, the theme forest people. I'm not sure if they're still using it. But, yeah, the conference has been been awesome. Um, it, it's... I. Think of it, it's sort of like some of the Ruby community, but with better opinions. So yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's it's it, it was sort of grown from the Ruby people, right? So the people yeah. who left Ruby, ironically, because it was a bit slow and stuff, and you know, it lost its luster, moved over and did a lot of core stuff in Elixir. Um, yeah. Ironically, I, I moved out of Ruby because it was getting a bit slow on certain things, and yet somehow I'm in JavaScript. I don't know how that was a win. Um, but my, I, don't, I love Elixir as a language so much. Like, and, until I did Elixir, I don't think my JavaScript was very good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it you take disciplines that were in that and apply it to another language, and you just go, "Oh wow, it's a new lease of life." Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Not a lot. Not a lot of jobs in Melbourne for that here because uh, you, if you start a project, your project isn't about when you choose your technology. It's not necessarily about the actual technology itself it's also about people hiring all those other little problems you've got to solve uh in order to build a business that will survive and go long <laughs> and generally end up with javascript yeah yeah hmm. or or done that maybe yeah 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 I, I do admire the community though it's it, it's got a, a unique culture around elixir and um there's been a lot like of on machine learning it's been really cool like that you can train models uh, using uh, like there's a subset of uh, Elixir called NX and so that that stuff can run on the GPU so you can train models you can run models it's like really 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 cool stuff a, a lot of smart people on too I remember Armin telling me once that sometimes you want to choose the opposite language not one where you've got the most people but one where you've got the least okay. right so you choose the technology that attracts the right people I reckon Elixir is one of those like a often that, that's a consideration, right? When you're starting a project, uh, what can you hire for, hmm. right? Just because you want to do it in obscure language X doesn't mean you should pick it because you might not be able to hire for it. It's, yeah. it's a primary consideration. Or, yeah. But it might also be like what Craig's saying, you might, if the, the language uh, is from people with good taste, then you might it might be easier to find other people with good taste, you know? Yeah. Everyone's a JavaScript programmer, so doesn't mean you're a bad programmer, but but doesn't mean yeah, you might be pretty average. Yeah. I reckon there's a concept that I haven't heard anywhere, like of, of minimum viable community, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of minimum viable product, right? You need enough so that you can actually move around, get jobs, you know, that sort of stuff, communicate yeah. with others and have a vibrancy in that community. If it drops below that level, you just sort of can't, right? Yeah. And if it goes 
big and mainstream, then you're also fighting with everyone else too. So there's a, there's a nice sweet spot in there somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, so Craig, um, the, the other next topic, uh, I, I want to hear the story. So you're, you're battling a challenge at work about upgrading a project? Yeah, we've, we've got a big project, right? Um, and it's, it's not legacy, it's our current product, right? But it's been deliberately not upgraded for a very long period of time, right? Why would anyone deliberately not? It's actually uh, there is a there is an argument where you can do that. Right? <laughs> I just need to remind Craig just quickly that we don't have the advanced technology of the All End podcast, so we won't be able to beep out every second person <laughs> you name drop. So yeah, just make sure you you uh, just beep yourself out. Selfie. Selfie. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't swear that much until I tried <laughs> something and it didn't work. Um, but yeah, you act. The the concept is. Uh, if you just go so fast because you've got an opportunity in front of you, you let certain fires burn, right? And one of the fires that was let burn was not devoting effort to refactoring, cleaning up after ourselves and upgrading. So the general hygiene of a long-term pro product. Um, it was basically prioritizing short-term gain over long-term value. Right. I've never heard of any place like you know consulted in lots of places. We never there was never that problem. Oh yeah. yeah, everyone always cares about the long term. I yeah. am going to ask: Has anyone worked with Patrick who uh, has had yeah. anything legacy that needed to be fixed? Well, I remember <laughs> whenever you talk to the CEO of a place, they're always like tech debt—the most important thing. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing about the bottom line. How many times have you heard this story? How many times have you heard this? Oh, this project, this thing we're building, this is only for two weeks. After two weeks, it's going to get replaced by X. It'll never be around after that. Yeah. So you don't have to care about long term. Yeah. Five years later, it's still running and it's running the entire business on some yeah. piece of shit. That yeah, but then, then you get to a point like where, where I was at, where I just wanted to bump up the level of TypeScript we were using, right, on one project, yeah. right, that was included. And all of the shortcuts that were sort of lying around just conspired to break, right? So it was in a separate project, in a separate repo, being included in via a GitHub commit hash, right? Which actually lent uh, that whole project to being pulled into the base project, being compiled in place, but it didn't support the new version of TypeScript. So I couldn't update it on one without updating the other, but I couldn't update the one on the base project because it had dependencies that were not compatible with the other prod it was not uh, good right so you have to actually sort of plan how to try and tackle these things and it's not easy it's really hard and that came down to the we we separated we upgraded the side pro the, the dependent project we shipped compiled code you know like just using all of the I, ecosystem it took a couple of weeks i've got the solution there was a solution that i saw on twitter the other day as uh, by this guy called DHH, and he just removed TypeScript. Yeah, that that uh, surprisingly that could have actually worked, <laughs> but probably not 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 the approach I wanted to take. Right? Yeah. And um, but you know you solve that sort of thing, but then you look at the parent project, right? And it is massive, and you're going, I don't want to leave this for the next person. How do I fix this? And then you get to a spot, you're going, well, I need, and you get a laundry list of things that you've got to do, and you get to this decision, you're going, is it worth it? All right, and I think I'm at that point where I'm going, no, it's not. We just build a new container with all completely new stuff and slowly move it along. And I think the bit that switches your mind and thinking was, I was watching a talk with John Romero, 
I don't know if you've seen that about the history of ID software and we should games. we should link that talk. It's oh yeah, that's my that's my uh, pick of the week there, right? It's it's such a good talk because every I don't know, Pat probably too young, right? But every game they came out with was was genre defining, right? It yeah. was something brand new that hadn't been done before that we all look back on in our childhood going i remember wolfenstein commander king quake you know all, all of these things just you know oh, doom you know running on pregnancy kits now it's still going strong right but every game they started they basically like in his talk was basically we start again from scratch right because all the things they built previously was based on they hadn't invented what they invented so they didn't have the knowledge so everything they built was based on not having enough knowledge and at the end of it they had the knowledge that they wanted so why start the next game built on the foundations of what you didn't know right rather than what you did know and it was better to start again and i think that concept of renewal has to come into it at some point you know sometimes there is a case where building something fresh alongside actually is beneficial and cheaper and the uh, right way rather than trying to go through and upgrading everything and you just go all right let's flush out what we've got one of my um one of my pet peeves is when people say something's a refactoring and it's just actually a rewriting because they're just too afraid yeah. of using that word are we refactored oh. the database schema it's like no you just no one's, no, one's, no one's going to approve this project yeah it's going to have to prove that it's going to no, work but sometimes you just need to rewrite bits just don't rewrite everything yeah well, most organisations have a have a, you know allergic reaction to the word rewrite. You can't can't say yeah. that. Yeah, we got to call it something else. Give it story points or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is three points or yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's yeah, it's a difficult decision to try and if if you put forward and saying I want to rewrite the whole thing that we've got right and do another one, the absolute answer is no. We're not yeah. doing that because it's such an impossible problem. But the problem is that when people say no, they actually don't understand that the problem they're going, should we be up to date? Of course, you should be doing that all the time. Yeah. But we haven't for the last five years. Yeah. Um, Let me give you a counter example, though. And this is the case. I've seen this now twice in lo you know, sort of local Australian businesses, but established big businesses that have significant code bases. They've realized they need to. Uh, move to a new platform. Often it's, um, you know, between technologies or it's a big significant step change. And so they decide that obviously the best thing to do is to rewrite it all. And they throw out decades and decades of code and start again from scratch. And uh, inevitably, and I've seen this go wrong nearly every time, they the new product, version two, is not feature compatible or fe has feature parity. No product they just because they, they don't have another 20 years to spend yeah. on trying to faster. and the knowledge of what of the people who are building that has disappeared right? that's right it's, it's 20 years old because it's had 20 years of fixes and patches and updates and thinking and thought put into every little piece yeah you might not be aware of every one of those things and you're rebuilding so there's a there's a real challenge there you know or do you and and upgrading little by little is also difficult yeah but at right? the but same you, time you can get disrupted by a player that's newer that uh, you know you've been around for 10 years and then they do the new thing and they're able to move quickly because they're just doing it from scratch and and they just oh, copy okay. your features and ignorance is a powerful <laughs> personal attribute sometimes just barreling in there not knowing what you're up for and then you're halfway in 
And if you had have gone back in the start and thought about it, you probably wouldn't have done it. But your ignorance has helped you to get through that hard part. And now you're into the last leg and you'll get it done. It might break you, but it's helpful. I think the important bit is to find the seams of where you can demarcate things that you can do and things that you can't so it doesn't consume a forever project. Yeah. But, you know, so go, am I going to change the API? Hell no. All right. Should I at some point? Because that's also got a problem to it. Uh, should I put in another layer of API? Mm, probably not. Maybe it's not a decision for me. Like, where do I put these seams? Do I rebuild all screens that are in an app? Or can I just up and move them? Can I do things? First? And then for me, the first thing is going to murderous intent. Delete everything. Delete everything that's not used. Kill off old features. Like that, if I can kill that, then the less you have to look after is better. You get to go at least a bit faster. Yeah, and try and try and ship something soon, right? Like just try and even if you're rewriting stuff, like try and don't make it like a two-year thing and then you're like, okay, on this date we're going to do this like big relaunch. Like it's like sort of like the big release. It's like the big re-release. Like try and ship like one little small part of the rewrite like in a couple of months. Yeah. It's um, it's also a bit of cultural too, because like, you don't want to actually. Let's assume you magically have something brand new, and it's all perfect. You don't want in five years to have the same problem again, right? Yeah. So you just don't. You, you've got to do a little bit of a cultural uplift along the way of why it's going to be. So you actually want to encourage this killing of features and refactoring as you go along into your development cycles so that it doesn't get out of hand that you can keep that velocity rolling faster and faster as you go along and bigger and bigger otherwise it just drags down and that's the death of your company too if you can't ship a feature fast enough you're always going to be behind someone else so you want to have that thing going forward and sometimes you need to change the way you work you know like i've seen people who do uh like that shape up methodology with six week sprints instead of two week sprints. But, you know, I've seen people who do, you know, to allocate a bit more time for that refactoring and cleaning, but I've seen other people who have like a sprint time long enough to do a feature, but also have two week gaps in between and going, you're doing, everyone's pitching in and just cleaning it up, fixing things, making sure it's right, making sure the bugs, the customers are happy before attempting the next thing. Uh, I think that's a big thing to do as part of doing it. Well, I hope it goes well pull this project off, uh, do the rewrite, but think about uh, getting it getting it all moved over. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> In limbo. Yeah. Pat, you got muted because there's too much background noise. Unmute when you want to talk. But uh, this has been an interesting conversation. Anything else on the, on the docket for today? Uh, no, I think my pick would be that the uh, beers here are actually pretty pretty good. I've been surprised. So yeah, Oh, my God, you drink American beer. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. What's uh, everyone else's pick? Um, interesting things for the week that we've seen. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't prepped one for today. I don't know. <laughs> Too many interesting things. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw down that John Romero talk for everyone to have a look at. Like. Sure. It's one of those talks you should watch and then come back and watch it in five years' time. You know, there's a few of those around. Uh, I should. Is this the one where he describes how uh, him and the others 
built the software and how they sat around and worked and the formation of the oh yeah and, and answered questions like how did your version control system work and it was yeah, like that's right whose ever computer it was working on With they the took a disk they copied it they gave it to yeah. me yeah 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 love it yeah a floppy disk patrick is a thing to store information on yeah i i had <laughs> so we used to have at my uh, high school a crappy digital camera that took those floppy disks like you take a photo and put it on the floppy disk uh, oh yeah what 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 size floppy disk did you know they came in different sizes yeah just the small one whatever the most recent one was yeah <laughs> one and a quarter uh, I'll, I'll i think i've got one floating around here for you i'll, I'll show you a few computers behind you that accept them so yeah oh wow i still remember when um when pcs stopped having floppy drives and it was a contentious point in time a lot of people complained why does my PC not have a floppy drive? I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? And then, why does my PC not have a CD drive? What do I do? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember buying a whole bunch of like Microsoft Excel floppy disks, even though there was nothing to look at them on, just for the nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great conversation, guys. Let's wrap it up. And um, don't have too much fun in Florida, Pat. Do come back to to Australia, and uh, we'll see you all soon. All right. Bye, all. Cool. See ya.